And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. It's our favourite day of the week, Friday, and that means one very important thing. Luke Smith from Envision Financial is joining me in the studio to talk money once again. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Well, today we're talking about how to prepare for retirement Mm. and what to consider. And I guess one of the things to consider is that people keep shifting the rules on us, don't they? But uh, where do we start here? What should people keep in mind when it comes to their retirement needs? Yeah, look, this this one's becoming more and more prevalent as people start to think about the process, think about when they may go. And for those that are teetering on the edge, it's that last minute, oh, am I doing the right thing? Have I got enough? How much is enough? What are my mates doing? And all of those other questions that people hit you with. And I think today we just want to sort of touch on the important things to know and understand, because ultimately if you can go into retirement with the peace of mind of understanding your figures, where your income is going to come from, the assets that you maintain, and what you're getting from the assets that you have, whether it's uh, superannuation, investment properties, cash term deposits in your own name, distributions from a business, whatever constitutes your resource pool to fund yourself, I think understanding what you need to work with is the first port of call. Because for, for, for many, many years, people come in and they say, Luke, we're just average people. We are not extravagant. Mm-hmm. And, and we have a bit of a laugh because the next line out of their mouth could be, I just need $50,000 a year to live on. Mm-hmm. Or I just need $300,000 a year to live on. We're not extravagant. And that's a great point that the first thing you should do is not worry about what your mates are doing because you don't understand their situation. You don't know what resources they have. You don't know what's happening in their financial life. So don't, don't get caught up in water cooler talk at work about what you have to do, you must do. And this is also super prevalent with the government, right? So CSS, PSS members come in all the time and go, well, Jenny at work did this, so that's what I'm going to do. Oh, you understand why Jenny did that, do you? Well, no, she said that's the best thing to do for her. So the first thing people should really try and focus on is what do you currently live on and what would you need to continue generating to live the way you do now? And I find a lot of people come in and say, Luke, can I retire? And I use the analogy of building a house. How much is a house going to cost me? I don't know. How many bedrooms do we need? How many bathrooms do we need? Is there a pool? Is there a cinema? So coming in and saying, can I retire? Without articulating to me, well, I need to generate this amount of income to live. It's a very, very difficult question to ask. And and the look of shock on people's faces is, is quite sort of surprising because they're waiting for an answer and you don't have the information that you need to give it to them. So understand what you're living on in relation to fixed costs and have an idea of where your money's going. Now, the word budget is not dirty, but if I say it, people break into a cold sweat and think that they're going to have to stop going out, stop drinking, stop having fun and all of the other things that you do to rip through your discretionary spending. Just have an idea of where it's going. Because when you retire, some of your needs will change. You won't need to park anymore. You may not need to dry clean work clothes. You may not need to have four lattes a day, you know, having coffee breaks with the people at work. So your spending habits may change. The other thing people need to keep in mind is you're going to have a lot more disposable time. Now, time can be expensive. So have a think about what you're going to do. Do I like golf? Do I like gardening? Do I want to volunteer at the hospital? How am I going to spend part of my week 
Because as much as it pains me to say it, I don't think you can play golf six days a week in retirement. I know my body would just have a conversation with me and say, right, this is over. Mm. Um, so have an idea of how you're going to spend your days because that will then try or it will influence the way you spend your money and the time you spend doing discretionary things. Yeah, because obviously if you want to spend all of your time while you're in retirement going, I don't know, skydiving, that's going to be a bit expensive. Exactly. exactly. If you're just going to be gardening, not as expensive. And I generally find that the things people really enjoy doing are not expensive. Yeah. I want to hang out with the grandkids. I might learn how to play the guitar. I might learn another language. I might play mahjong with the ladies on a Tuesday afternoon. Not overly expensive things. But if you have one of those hobbies that can be expensive, like, geez, I really want to take my car to Bathurst every year yep. uh, because I'm a petrol head. Yep. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. But make sure you've got the ammo to keep doing it. Yeah. And that comes to the second part of where people should be focused is what am I getting from my assets? Because when it comes to property, that's great. But a lot of people talk gross numbers. Oh, we get this much rent a week. I'm not worried about what you get a week. I'm worried about what do you get at the end of the year after agent fees, land tax rates, this, this, and this. The net number is what you want to be talking about. Similarly with superannuation. What's my mix of assets and what level of income am I getting in relation to free cash flow? Is my portfolio generating three and a half, four, four and a half percent? Am I maximizing the use of franking credits in a pension account? Because that's free money basically that's going to come back to you when the tax return of the fund is done, which can help bolster the cash flow of your super fund. So understand where your income is going to come from. Regardless of where the source is, know what you're getting from something. To come in and say to me, oh, well, I've got this property. Why? Well, just cause. Doesn't really cut it. And if you say, well, I've got these 10 properties, just cause. You need to sit down and say, well, you might have three, four, five million dollars of property assets, but if the rent covers the interest and you're not getting anything from it, how are you going to fund retirement? And the surprise on people's faces is, is, is quite shocking because um, they've been thinking about building up assets to get to retirement, but they then haven't changed their line of thinking in relation to, well, now, how do these assets work for me in retirement to generate the 50, 60, 70, 80, $200,000 of income that I want to live on every year? So... Think about where your, um, where your income comes from from your assets and also think about what is the possibility of part-time work because working now is a resource just like your superannuation, your rent, your distributions from your business, whatever it may be. If you can go and work, that can be hugely powerful for two key reasons. One, it can bolster your cash flow. So it gives you more disposable income that a lot of people really like. And two, it gives you some additional peace of mind as to the longevity of your capital. Because the one thing you see is people say, I need X to live, and I wanna live on that for the rest of my days. Now, the reality is probably late 70s, early 80s, you're not spending what you're spending at 60 to 75. Because you've been there, you've seen it, you've done it, or your body says you're not doing it again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that tends to happen as you get a little bit older. Yeah. Um, but if you can go and work as part of your retirement plan on terms that suit you doing something that is of interest to you for me you're still retired you're just choosing to fill your days because as i said before you may not want to play golf six days a week 
And if you could earn $25,000 a year working part-time, that's the equivalent from a cash flow perspective of having $500,000 in super and taking a 5% income stream. Yeah. So when I give people a choice and say, could you earn $25,000 working part-time or could you save me $500,000? They always say, well, that one would be easier. So now we need to change your thinking around work to it can fund my lifestyle, not I have to go and do it because I've got a job. Because if at any point in time, if you can turn around and say, I'm done, thank you very much, Mr. Da-da-da-da or Mrs. Blah-blah-blah-blah as the boss, I'm out of here now, I don't want to do this, you're still retired because you're doing something on your terms that you could live without if you chose to stop it. So look at work as a resource and make sure that you, you know what you're going to need, then where is it going to come from, and then consider that part-time option doing something that may be completely different. The number of white-collar professionals, doctors, lawyers, um, high-ranking um, government employees that choose to drive a bus yes, just to get out of the house, mm-hmm. maybe just to stay married, whatever your reason is, it's something that you can do that could be completely different to what you did as your chosen occupation during your working life. But it gives you some purpose. It gives you some drive. And importantly, it keeps it keeps this going. And if your head keeps going, then your body works out, well, hang on, you need me. And you generally stick around and, and make the most of the time you have in retirement. Yeah. Where do you see people getting a little bit confused sometimes? Yeah, so uh, not knowing what they're going to need. They come in and focus on how much have I got? What they need to be asking is what am I going to generate? What do I need? Because you can invest a million dollars and generate $20,000 of income. You can invest a million dollars and earn $100,000 of income with varying levels of risk. So you need to be able to say, what do we need? Understand what your cash flow requirement is, not necessarily how much because things can always be invested different ways. Um, Make sure that you understand your risk profile. Another big misconception I see is people go, well, I'm getting older now, I need to be more conservative. And when I ask them, well, what do you need in retirement? They generally say a really good strong income stream and growth to offset the effect of inflation because I don't want to see the value of my money go down. And now luckily, after a decade of getting punished for being too defensive in cash and fixed interest. We're now starting to get rewarded a little bit better because as we said in a show last week, you can now get, you know, three and a half, potentially four percent by March in a six month term deposit. So if you're going to look at the way your money is invested, don't make the assumption that you need to be a lot more conservative than you were during your working life because your need for income now is greater than ever. Your need for growth now is greater than ever. Yeah. So I would argue that if you maintained a certain risk profile during your working life, there's a very, very good chance that it would remain appropriate for you in the early stages of retirement at least because you'll have those two key factors, good strong reoccurring income and growth to offset inflation. So don't assume that your risk profile is tied to your retirement date. It's not. It's tied to the date you peg out and say, that's me, done, put me in a box. And then understand what that risk profile is. Maybe do some work and understand how you feel about risk, 
What am I going to hold? What do I maintain? And that way then you've got that peace of mind of knowing where your income comes from, but understanding the assets that you hold, which can be a little bit misleading when you look at the label of balanced, as we've said in the past, what does balance really mean? Mm. Understand what you need, make sure your assets are structured correctly. And again, talk net numbers, because I find a lot of people talk gross. I get this much rent from a property. Yeah, but you don't because you've got this, 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 and this that come out of it. So always talk net numbers, not gross numbers. So you've got the peace of mind to know what you need and where it's going to come from, and then you can retire with confidence. When we get to the end of our working career, some people have a couple of hundred thousand dollars in their super fund. Some people have a couple of million dollars in their Mm. super fund. So there's quite a wide variety of scenarios there. But I guess some people might look at the smaller number and go, gee, I haven't got enough yet. Mm. I can't afford to retire. But in those circumstances, you've also got to consider uh, whether you're eligible for a full or a part aged pension, which would also help top up that income. Exactly right. So again, it's, it's about looking at where can I use my resources? And, and Centrelink is another great resource yep. where you know, you've got a tiered system where under a certain number you get full pension, then it peters down to, I think it's 930, 940,000 for a couple homeowner. Um, anything over that you get nothing but in between it's something that again you need to be reassessing like you'd reassess your assets like you'd reassess your income needs you'd reassess the pension that you're drawing from super you'd then consider well what have we done in relation to our lifestyle if the capital value of your assets has diminished then you need to be looking to try and incorporate um, a Centrelink entitlement into your benefits to again prop up that cash flow that you have coming through And there are a number of really unique products now in the annuity space that are starting to evolve where you can actually choose to purchase an annuity which is concessionally assessed for Centrelink purposes. But these new products that are coming to the market now, really, really dynamic because you can actually choose how much income you want, potentially more upfront in your earlier years of retirement. So what they do is they bring forward the, the set rate of income, where in, in, in your later years you may get less income, but that may be less important because you're not spending the money you are at 85 that you were at, at 60 to 75. Yeah. So, you know, using the right product can make a huge difference. On 2CC, Luke Smith from Envision Financial is with me in the studio, and today we're talking about how to prepare for retirement and what to consider. So, Luke, what are the key things to know when it comes to planning our retirement? Yeah, so I think from a peace of mind perspective, know what you're going to need and also know where it's coming from. Because people can have numerous asset bases, be it super, be it properties, be it dividends in a company, money in the bank, Um, know what you're going to generate and then tie that to what you expect. Because if you can generate a lot of your total living costs, you can protect the longevity of your capital. Let's say you had a million dollars in your super fund, you needed $50,000 a year to live and you're generating $40,000 of dividends. That means you're taking 1% of your capital or 10 grand every year, which means your money will last a very, very, very long time. So understand what you need, understand where it's coming from, talk in net numbers, so break down the costs of holding other assets such as properties. If you've got properties that are generating rent, that's awesome. But when you're estimating what you're going to need and where it's coming from, work out the net number, not the oh, it's six, seven, eight hundred dollars a week of rent, take out the agent fees, take out the rates, the land tax, the body corporate, depending on what you hold, so that you are working with accurate figures. Remember that you can add money to superannuation after you've retired. 
big misconception I've retired I can't add money to super yes you can great piece of legislation changed this year where you can make a non-concessional contribution right up to the age of 75 provided you meet all of the contribution rules so that's a great one for older people um, review your assets and understand your asset allocation don't assume that your risk profile is tied to your retirement date I would argue that it's tied to the day you peg out um, and get put in a box and make sure that you've got everything structured in the best possible way because remember that uh, a pension out of superannuation is tax-free up to certain limits. So it's a very good way of maximising the return and you can incorporate the use of franking credits in super to again bolster the income that you can generate to meet what you need to live. So there are a few key things people can tackle and they're not, they're not overly difficult to work out. They take a little bit of time but it'll give you a huge amount of peace of mind when it comes to pulling the trigger on retirement. And that's the important thing, a little bit of peace of mind. So mm. Luke, where can listeners get more information? Yeah, so 62604749. There might be a, a couple of appointments left in December, I'm not too sure. Um, envisionfinancial.com.au on the internet. We've got the Strategy Stacker. Luke talks money on iTunes and Spotify. We've got the YouTube channel Envision Financial Canberra. People can subscribe to that. We've got YouTube Shorts. We've got TikTok. The handle there is the Strategy Stacker. And we've got Smart Money Strategy, your ultimate guide to financial planning coming out in uh, in March. Um, and that's that's edited, finished, and uh, at the press as we speak. So that's, um, that's very exciting. So Luke Smith, author. One day. <laughs> One day. <laughs> My mum will be very proud. Uh, good to know. Good to know. So once again, uh, 62604749, the number for Envision Financial. And of course, Luke, you'll be back in the studio again next week. Right, we'll see you next week. We'll see you then. Thanks very much. Luke Smith from Envision Financial back again here on 2CC at the same time next Friday.